0: Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. We're excited to cover the second part of our study on rest this week. But before we dive in, we just want to remind you we are taking next Monday off for Memorial Day. And then we will come back to our Summers in the Psalms 119 series. But let's get started with this week's verse. We'll be reading Matthew's account of the same story of Jesus and the disciples walking through the grain field that we talked about this past week. If you want a bit more details on the background of the story, check out last week's podcast. I promise it'll be worth your time. We're going to start in Matthew 12, 7 through 8, and we're reading from the ESV. But if you had known what this means... I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless, for the son of man is lord of the Sabbath.
1: So last week's verse came from Mark's account and does not have this part where Jesus quotes the prophet I, Hosea. So let me read our verse in context from Matthew, beginning with verse 1. At that time Jesus went through the cornfields on the Sabbath, His disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. When the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him or his companions to eat, but only for the priest. Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath, the priest and the temple break the Sabbath and yet are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Last week's verse focused more on how the concept of Sabbath rest was designed for us, not for us to be all legalistic about how we keep the Sabbath. Matthew shares another layer of this when he recalls Jesus quoting the prophet Hosea by saying, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Yes, that comes from Hosea six
0: six, and in the NIV it says, For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God, rather than burnt offerings. So let's talk a little bit about the word mercy.
1: Well, in the blog, I do a word study on mercy, and mercy means there is a level of kindness that we extend to others, but we also need to extend mercy and kindness to ourselves. We are showing mercy when we acknowledge that we need rest. And then we stop and we take a break from all the doing and moving from madness to mercy towards ourselves. So rest is an act of mercy. Have you ever thought about it that way?
0: You know, I really haven't, but it makes me think of the verse in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine 39, that says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But often we do fine with that first part, but not so much the second. I think we live in a culture Where rest sounds lazy, or it's something that we look forward to when we retire. Um, But the direction that God gives us, this idea of cyclical times of rest in our lives, that allows us to know him and his power more fully. And honestly, those never entered into the conversation as a mercy to ourselves. I think we're happy to do whatever it takes to help other people rest. But so often, we are the ones that are left holding down the fort. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, I think sometimes we think of self-indulgent things like manicures or a day on the golf course. We think of things that we enjoy as moments of rest, but godly rest is a different thing entirely. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus said, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Mm. The rest this verse is talking about is in the Greek word anapao, and it means to give rest, refresh, to give one's self-rest, take rest, to keep quiet of calm and patient expectation.
0: Oh, that's so good. You know, this verse is talking about a person who's weary. They're carrying heavy burdens. And don't those words resonate with you? Um, I know they do with me because some days are weary, burden-filled days, whether it's because of difficult circumstances or a diagnosis or it's just the season you are in. But yet Jesus has made a way for us to rest, and it starts in him and then learning by his teaching and his example.
1: Yes. And I would just add that the burdens and yoke also have a double meaning. A yoke was referred to as a rabbi's teaching. So Jesus is saying here that his teachings are not burdensome.
0: You know, so often we put on ourselves things we don't need to carry that causes us to, to push through or to care about others to a fault, putting our own health and well-being at risk. I think sometimes we just don't know how to say no. We trade Jesus's yoke and his teaching and his rhythms for the yoke of society, and it just weighs us
1: down. Yes, it does. And we allow those yokes to pressure us into saying yes. And Jesus calls us to make our yes be yes and our no be no. So when we say yes in the back of our mind, we're thinking, oh my goodness, I do not have the bandwidth to do this. What, why did I say that? Well, then our yes is not yes, but yet we feel obligated and we push through. You know, something that's really fascinating to me is that
0: rest actually makes us more productive in the long run. So I've been reading an article about the four-day work week, and before you scoff and say that does not sound at all realistic or hello, it's America, uh, let me tell you about this study that happened in the UK. It involved 61 companies from multiple countries and the results were impressive. On the people side, 15% of the employees who participated said that no amount of money would convince them to go back to working 5 days a week. Employees reported a variety of benefits related to sleep, stress levels, their personal lives, their mental health, and for the companies, their revenue either remained the same or had some pretty significant increases. And this was done on the heels of a smaller international study with just 31 companies and 1,000 employees. But all of that had increased revenue, reduced absenteeism, reduced resignations, and overall improved employee well being. So out of the 91 total companies between these two studies, only three were going back to the traditional work week. So once again, we have these external sources giving us proof to this God given idea of rest. So if we see that rest is vital and it's an important part of living well, why do we struggle so hard to do it? Well,
1: I think that's very interesting because three out of the 91, that's pretty significant. But why those three went, despite what the studies showed, and they know that their own employees were probably happier, but yet what? I think it's this faulty belief or maybe a fear that was probably behind whatever they were thinking. And I think it's the same for us, that we have a faulty belief or fears in our back of our mind that drive this busyness. Um, Things like, it will all fall apart if I stop, or if I don't get this done. And our identity can be wrapped up in things like being perfect, um, or being super productive, Mm -hmm. uh, being wrapped up in what other people think, so much to the fact that if we stop doing these things and see, stop striving, um, that we're actually a bad person, and that somehow rest would cause me to lose in my value. Mm. So that lie that we have to also participate in sports and extracurricular activities, I think that drives us beyond what we're really capable of. Like we act like we're all going to be the next Olympic gold medalist. And so then we win, right, the gold medal, and then what? Well, even hardcore athletes know the value of a day of
0: rest. That's so good. You know, it reminds me of the verse... Be still and know that I am God from Psalm 46.10. And those words, be still, are also translated as stop striving in the New American Standard Version. And that's because the Hebrew word "rafa" means to sink, to relax, to let go, to be quiet, or to show oneself slack. So be still isn't just this command that's really pretty to put on a coffee cup. And I can say that because I have at least one of those, if not more. (laughs) But it's also this idea of stopping, relaxing, and resting. Because it's when we stop and look to Him that we really acknowledge Him as God. So in order to stop and relax and look to God, we have to make some personal changes. Now, I hope you listened to last week's podcast and you've been thinking about practicing this idea of cyclical Sabbath rest, but Janae, we always want to give practical steps as we end our podcast. So what are some ways that we can practice rest?
1: Well, we need to think more than body rest. We need to think brain and soul rest. Things that help us decompress, mm. reset. If you are reading a book that makes you want to take notes for work later, well, that's not a restful. Doesn't Reed. sound like rest to me. No. <laughs> Or what about a competitive game of pickleball that may be refueling and it could be a lot of fun, but your adrenaline is pumping on many levels. So we need to think that's another way to think about it is the adrenaline level, what that activity brings to me and my adrenaline. I teach this a lot in coaching with people who need to reduce stress and anxiety, our brains and souls are not meant to run at mock speed all the time. And we need to engage in rest that drops our heart rates mm. and brain activity, lets our souls catch up to where we are. So what is something that you do that fits the bill? You know, um,
0: I'll be really honest. In my current season, I'm struggling a little to find that thing because uh, when we moved the in the last year... Where we used to live, man, our back porch had this view of a hill that the sun always set over, and we had swallows that lived underneath the porch. And so right about the time the sun is going down and the sky is just filled with purples and pinks and oranges, I would go outside, and you could hear the birds chirping as they caught their evening meals, and I could just breathe. That spot was such a gift, and looking back, I really wish I had taken the time to step outside, to just breathe on that porch
1: more often. What about you? I could just see it in my mind as you were saying that. I love nature too. And um, so one of my go-tos is a casual walk. And if I have a very short amount of time, it may be just a quick walk around The yard, or if I can go a little bit longer, just 5, 10, 15 minutes, it doesn't take long. But just a leisure walk, not an intense exercise walk. One where, especially this time of year where things are blooming and Mm. new things are coming out and the trees are filling out with their leaves, just taking it all in. So nature and creation are a beauty that brings me rest. Sometimes I make it a worship walk where I'm listening to worship music. And it just makes me think of that second part of the Hosea verse that we read earlier in the NLT says, I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. So when I hear that, it, it speaks to me that resting is a way we can actually know God more. Rest is so important, and God invites us
0: to rest by removing our dependence on ourselves and putting it back on Him, which is where it belongs. I know I am not the one that makes sure the earth is spinning or the sun is shining or the clouds are bringing rain. And yet, in our busyness, in my busyness, I really do start to believe that lie that if I stop working, everything's gonna fall apart. So rest, true rest, is the removal of that, the striving, the chasing, the self-dependence. It's looking to God to provide is spending time in His presence, and that can look like a lot of things. But you need to invite Him to show you what that is for you. And we want to help you get started on this rest journey. You know, during our Holy Week podcasts, we let the music play at the end of our podcast as an encouragement to connect with the Lord during that time. So we're going to do that again with this podcast. Take the time to pray and ask God what resting in him looks like in your life and current season. He is inviting you to rest in him.